Hi guys, my name is Kenny Dusso, and this is the Elite Development Podcast. The goal of this show is documenting my journey as a coach, things I see in the industry, of mistakes I see athletes make, things that I know you need to avoid. So basically, my goal is to help athletes avoid the difficult pitfalls of the world of elite performance sport and to help them reach their true potential. So if you are an up-and-coming athlete that is trying to build the career of your dreams, make sure you're following along this show. Make sure you go subscribe on the YouTube channel, on the podcast, and everywhere else you can. And now, let's get to the episode. In regards to low, high, low, mid, high energy systems, will mainly working the mid and high systems be adequate for your low energy system? which ones are you talking about? Like, which ones are you saying are like mid and high versus low? Cause there's three different ones, but one is the aerobic system, which is like longer duration. And then the two anaerobic ones are shorter duration, maximum intensity. So if you're more specific about which ones you mean, I can definitely answer that. Uh, and then, okay. So we've got a few coming in. And ALAC to conditioning workouts completed one session yesterday. How far apart did the sessions be? We've got some good questions coming in. Somebody very obsessed with the oil today. Uh, <laughs> uh, your knowledge in general for weight cutting, you don't need specific techniques. All right. So we're going to get into it now because I've seen some questions come through other than the ones about oil, because we're not getting into those ones. I, you know, that's, uh, that's some OnlyFans shit. We're not doing that on Instagram or in Facebook or on Facebook. All right, guys, we're going to get into it in three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast, the number one show for athletes looking to gain an edge on their opponents and build their dream careers in sport. I'm your host, Kenny Dusseau, and today we are doing some Q&A. So I'm going to start scrolling through the questions, and I'm going to answer them as they come in. Aiden Cherko, we're not answering any questions about oiling me up, so nice try. All right, um, in regards to the energy systems, so the question is, in regards to the low, mid, high energy systems, will mainly working the mid and high systems be adequate for your low energy system? Now, I'm going to take this at face value, not 100% knowing what you mean by low to mid to high versus aerobic, anaerobic, lactic, and anaerobic, alactic. But I'm going to talk about the energy systems overall. So with the energy system work, there's a couple things you need to make sure that you keep in mind. Number one, with the actual sport-specific training you're doing, whether that's MMA, boxing, jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, whatever martial art it is you're practicing, you're getting a lot of aerobic training already. Because if you're training for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, even if it's not movement the whole time, we're hitting a lot of the aerobic system right there, the aerobic capacity work. So when it comes to the conditioning you're doing, do you need to do aerobic work? Yes. Does it need to be a primary focus on top of the sport-specific work that you're doing? No, not necessarily. The majority of your conditioning should be lower duration, higher intensity. So this varies from aerobic power training, which is like a minute or so of work, two minutes or so of rest. And again, as I say this, it's not only one minute on two minutes off, but it is that kind of range focused on keeping as close to 100% intensity for the minute of work as possible, followed by letting your body rest so you can repeat that max effort minute of work. Now, 
in terms of the anaerobic alactic system, the shorter duration, 100% intensity system, there should be a session focused around this every single week year round. And the reason that is, is because you always need to be explosive while you fight. You always need that 100% explosive power effort. So you always need to be working on it. And this is something that until recently I wasn't doing, but I went down to Vegas early January um, and I spent a day at the UFCPI talking with their head strength coaches and, you know, their team. And that was something that they talked about quite a bit. They were like, you know, this is something you're always going to need while you fight. So you should always be training it. And it made a lot of sense. So I've started implementing that too and already am seeing really good results with my own athletes. So I'd recommend the same for you. Now, how to do that. That would be a session primarily focused around explosive power and speed. And then a conditioning session, 10 to 15 seconds of max intensity effort, followed by 20 to 60 seconds of full rest, anywhere from six to 12 rounds. Now, the key with that maximal intensity effort and that rest time is that it's about 100% effort. It's not about how many rounds you do. So don't think I have to do 12 rounds of that bike set or that sprint session or whatever it is. Think I need to be at 100% while I do it. So if you're on round six or seven, don't think I'm just going to grind out four, five, six more shitty rounds of this. Instead, think I'm going to stop here because the goal of the session is to build your ability to be at 100%. All right. I hope that was helpful. How to divide the week for maximizing the training routine. So this is going to depend on a lot of things. Number one is what point of your season are you at? Are you in the off season? Are you peaking for a fight? Where are you at? And then other things, there are going to be some limitations as far as like injuries or anything like that, but we're going to say you're healthy and you are in the off season right now. The big thing to remember when it comes to strength and conditioning is it's going to be different for everybody. I always have my athletes doing two to three strength and conditioning sessions a week. And the reason that I say two to three and not specifically two or specifically three is because it depends on the person. If your schedule is crazy busy, you're always loaded with stuff and you don't have free time and you have a family, a full-time job, all this other stuff going on, two strength sessions a week continuously through your year is still going to provide you a ton of progress. If you don't have all of that and you can consistently hit three a week, do that. So the main thing when it comes to adding strength and conditioning into your week is making sure that you're doing it in the way that makes sense for you, not just trying to do as much as possible. And in terms of how to actually divide that up within the week, like I said, one day should always be focused around that power and repeatability like we talked about. But then the second thing is we want to make sure that we're touching on the physical qualities you need the most work on. So if you're super explosive and fast, but you lack the ability to go three hard rounds at a steady pace, then the rest of your like the rest of your strength and conditioning, whether that's another one or two days, should be focused more on aerobic work and the strength you need to be able to last for that whole three rounds. But if you have a gas tank that you can go all day long, but you have no power or speed, then the rest of that strength and conditioning work should be focused around building the power and speed. And then if you're well balanced, you've got a good amount of power and speed, good amount of gas to be able to go three to five hard rounds, then it's just continuing to vary it up as we go, spending a little bit of time focused in each different area as the year goes on. 
All right. Quick question here. So coach, thank you for your help. I followed your alactic conditioning workout for the last four weeks of my fight. I completed session one yesterday. How far apart should the sessions be? So ideally, if you're doing three a week, I would like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday split or a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday split, like one day between each one. If you're doing two a week, I usually like to have two days between them if you can. Basically, ideally, you're resting between the sessions and now breaking down like how many days just depends on you, depends on your schedule, depends on what you've got going on, right? If the only day, like let's say your schedule is packed and you can only do it on Wednesday and Thursday, do it on Wednesday and Thursday. I'd rather you do two days in a row than not do two days. But if you can have a break of a day or two days between them, that would be ideal. I am a beginner and obese. What should I do first? Focus on just strength and weight loss. And then when you're actually into closer to what we would call fight shape, then you could focus more on the specific conditioning work. Uh, it is my first two weeks of hard sparring. And by the end of each week, my body feels super worn out. And it's hard to spar as sparky as I would be in the beginning of the week. Um, so my guess is what you're asking there is as the week goes on, you're getting more tired. So it's hard to keep up the same energy levels. Yes. If you keep training, your body's going to better adapt to it and that's going to improve. But over time as well, if you start noticing the areas that you struggle more in the sparring, you can tailor more specific conditioning to be able to help you keep that energy and keep that spark behind your movements. Can you increase your strength in MMA one month before a fight? I mean, yes, you can definitely increase your strength in a month, but like same thing as anything else, guys. It's like, can you improve your MMA skills in one month before a fight? Yeah, but if you have three to six months or something like that, you're going to get way more out of it. So like, should you strength train if you're a month out? Absolutely. Is it ideal to only have a month before? Definitely not. Uh, okay, so next question here is, can you explain how we can program all three energy systems? Is it important to train them all together? Also, for someone on carnivore, does this matter in terms of being on zero carbs training? <coughs> Excuse me. So first part of the question, how can we program all three energy systems? So the first thing you got to understand is you shouldn't be trying to focus on do, working on all three energy systems at the same time. But like I said, number one, so it's about optimizing. It's about making sure we're getting the best that we can get for you. So when it comes to the three energy systems, like we talked about, a lot of the skill work you're doing is really hitting the aerobic system a lot more. And the reason it's hitting the aerobic system a lot more is because you're training for a longer time, right? Those sessions are an hour and a half, two hours long. So even if it's not steady movement through that whole thing, you're not 100% recovering. So you're doing a lot more work on the aerobic system than anything else. So the majority of your, of your conditioning work that you do shouldn't be focused on the conditioning that you're already getting. You get what I mean? So when it comes to programming the rest of your conditioning, you've got to think about where the need actually lies. So that anaerobic alactic work, like we talked about, very, very short duration, 10 to 15 seconds of work, 
20 to 60 seconds of rest, that's going to be a focus for at least part of it all year round. And that's going to be making sure that we're getting that explosive power and repeatability where your only focus is keeping 100% pace. And then during the rest of that time, the best way to think about programming the energy systems is based off of what you feel you need, right? So it's like, if you're really powerful, but your fatigue sets in very quickly, then we need sessions in there that are focused on buffering fatigue, focused on the lactic work that's going to help you be able to work for longer without succumbing to that fatigue. If you feel like you've got the ability to go three rounds really hard, but you don't have that real explosive power, then that's where we've got to shorten up the duration and maximize the intensity. Now, in terms of someone being on the carnivore diet and does this matter on zero carbs training? I'll be honest, I've never tried training on zero carbs. I don't know a ton of people who have. Carbs are an extremely important fuel source. So if you don't have any of them coming into your body, I can't imagine that it was going to be as easy to train on that. But again, I haven't tried it. So I'm not going to tell you that it can't work or anything like that, because I don't have the experience to say that. But I will tell you, carbs are an extremely important fuel source. So I can imagine if you've got carbs in your system, it's going to work a lot better and it's going to be a lot easier. All right. Uh, will mainly working anaerobic systems be efficient and carrier over to your aerobic system? So we've talked about this a little bit, but yes, that's going to be a huge factor because a lot of the training, uh, like if you are doing your skill work five or six days a week, you're getting a lot of aerobic work in already. So does that mean never work it? No. But a lot of the aerobic work you're getting is going to translate to improving your performance in the sport. So if more of your conditioning work is focused on the anaerobic side, that's going to be a benefit for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, the next question, this one is a good one. What system would the basic 20 on 10 off assault bike hit? A lot of guys swear by them, but I heard you talking about how it's not enough rest. So a session where you're doing that 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, it's not necessarily bad. It's just not doing what you probably think it's doing. Because a lot of guys do that and they're like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing sprints. So when I hear that someone's doing sprint work or repeatability work, my thought is they think that what they're getting is max effort repeated for however many rounds. But if you're only resting for 10 seconds, that second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, however many you're doing of the 20 seconds of work isn't going to be at 100%. So even though you're doing sprint work, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, you're honestly going to hit more of the aerobic system than anything else. And the reason for that is because you're not recovering. And if you're not recovering, then it's the aerobic system that's fueling that effort. So you're still going to be at a high intensity, but you're not going to get that true 100% power effort that you're going for because you don't have the rest to get it. And the big thing with that that I really want to reinforce, so I'm glad you asked this question, is when you're doing conditioning work, a lot of people, when I say you need to rest more, they're like, oh, but if I rest more, like I don't get that rest in a fight. So why would I get that rest in conditioning? The goal of conditioning work is not to mimic the fight. The goal of conditioning work is not to only do exactly what you get in the fight. The goal of conditioning work is to improve your ability to output power and improve your ability to maintain pace, 
right? So if you want to improve your ability to maintain 100% power for 20 seconds, then every 20 second effort that you do needs to be at or as close to 100% as possible. And if you're only resting 10 seconds, you're not getting that 100% effort with the 20 seconds of work, meaning you're not improving your ability to maintain 100% effort, right? So what we need to do instead is go 20 seconds of work, 60 seconds of rest. Now, every 20 second, 20 second effort that you put in is at or very, very close to 100%. And then when you're in the fight and you're throwing those hard explosive combinations, even though it's not full rest between them or anything like that, you have more energy to work with. So those explosive combinations aren't using as much of your overall energy. And if they're not using as much of your overall energy, then you recover from it faster because you're not as gassed out from it. I hope that makes sense. All right, we're going to go through two more. All right, thoughts on farmer's walks for MMA. Uh, I mean, it's a good grip strength exercise. And if it's it, like you're going to need grip strength in the sport if you're grappling and anything like that. So, yeah, I'm all for it. But again, it just depends on how you use it. But they're a good exercise. I would absolutely use them. Okay. Haha, <laughs> I like this. So, uh, hey, we're going through one more. I see somebody saying, check my question, but I have not seen a question from you. So if you have asked it and I have not answered it, drop it below as well. All right. Uh, perfect. So Alec on A underscore L underscore E underscore C underscore nine, nine. We're going to go through your question and that's going to be the last one for today. So glad I caught you live. I have three weeks left until my fight. I have a busy schedule so I can get maybe one hour a day for strength and conditioning. What can I do to maximize results for my fight on February 17th? So a couple of things. Number one, this is going to depend on what you've been doing so far, right? Because usually with three weeks left, it's all power, all speed, all repeatability, that anaerobic alactic work like I was talking about there. But if you haven't been lifting any weights, you don't have that strength or aerobic base built up, that would be different, right? Like I've had athletes start with me six weeks out from a fight and our program is mostly an off-season program because they've never done any real strength and conditioning work before. And so I don't want to throw them into a fight prep program without building the foundation first, right? But Alec, I'm going to take this as you have been training already. You've built up some strength. You've got that general baseline and tell you what I would do with most athletes leading into the last three weeks. So two to three sessions per week. And what you're going to do is first off, the main focus is going to be explosive power and repeatability. So when I say that, you're going to be doing plyometric work. So that's jumps, med ball throws, anything like that, with the main focus being as much power as possible, generated in as little time as possible. So making sure you're not just focused on being explosive, but you're focused on being explosive quickly. And that like, usually I'd go three to four plyos in a session, all three to four sets of three to five reps. And now the reason that those sets and reps are so small is because again, like we've been talking about, it's the intention behind it more than the reps itself. It's your ability to really be explosive with every rep you do, not how many reps can I get in, in the session. Now, after those plyos, what we'd be going into is we'd be going into a full body lift. And so with that full body lift, we're going for power. 
So we, I go probably four lifts overall. And again, I say probably because every athlete's a little different, two lower body, two upper body lifts. And the focus is keeping it at about a six or seven out of 10 rate of perceived exertion. So feel like with every lift, you've got about three or four reps left in the tank and focused on the power. So with a squat, that would be three to five seconds on the way down. And then as powerful as possible on the way up, similar with any of the other exercises. So all of those as well, three to four sets, four to five reps, keeping the reps and sets low and keeping the power at, at or as close to 100% as possible. Now, the final piece that I would include in there is the conditioning work. And the conditioning work should be all anaerobic elactic. We talked about that a little bit already in this episode, but very low volume, very high intensity, 10 to 15 seconds of work, 60 seconds of rest. Focus is you are at no less than 110% through the entire work set. That can be done on an air bike, a rower, a ski machine. That can be done with circuits, whatever equipment you've got access to. All right, so guys, that is it. That is all for this episode. I appreciate you all for taking the time to tune in. Thank you for being here. If you've got questions that did not get answered, shoot me a DM. I'm more than happy to make sure I include them in the Q&A next week. Um, but as always, if I, if I stayed and answered everything, I'd be here all day. But as always, I appreciate you guys. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. Now, remember, information without execution is useless. So take what you learned in the show today and go figure out how you can apply it to your career to start making progress right away. My one ask of you is share the show around. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following on all the social media platforms. The links on how to do that will be in the show notes below. And in turn, have a great day. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode.